So raise your hand if you have ever been faced with making a major decision in your life. Okay, and those who have not raised their hands right now don't ever seek their counsel on any major decisions, okay? Um, here's the thing. We all are faced with it from time to time. And sometimes the decisions are huge and, and life-changing potentially uh, could uproot our family or change life as we know it. And the implications of that can be overwhelming. Sometimes there's smaller decisions, but we realize the trajectory of a small decision may have implications for the future in ways that start to boggle our minds and our hearts. And we realize this is a big decision. I love it how when... Uh, when there's a topic that we're getting ready to, to preach on or, or teach on, how often God provides just what we need at just the right time. And, and this past week, I had uh, somebody from our congregation sent me an article about how to seek God's will when making major decisions in life. And I thought that was kind of ironic since I'm preaching on it and they didn't know that. But here's how the opening uh, paragraph of this article reads. And just maybe you can relate to this. Decision-making can be paralyzing as an experience. Say, for example, you have been offered a new job in a different state. Should you take it? Well, it depends. What are the schools like in the area? What is the traffic like in the area? Relate to that, anybody? Are there any nuclear power plants nearby? Is the increased salary worth the emotional cost of moving your family? Will you be forced to root for Michigan State? Doesn't actually say that, I just threw that in. Um, or the Green Bay Packers, or it could go on and on, right? Um, um, will, are, are all these different factors can make it difficult to decide. Now then, throw in the whole issue of God's will into the mix. It is, real, is it really God's will for you to move? It seems like it's God's will, but maybe it's not. What if you make a terrible mistake and somehow miss the will of God? Are you going to end up in some purgatorial situation because you accidentally missed God's will for your life? And so it goes. The fear of missing God's will is enough to paralyze any Christian. And maybe you've been there before. You know, if only we could wake up in the morning, and if you're like me, I, I get my cup of coffee, and I look out the back window and just see what's going on in the world for that day. And if only God would put out there a big billboard on any given day that would tell us how to make major decisions, or maybe even just the smaller decisions on any given day. If only that billboard would exist. Or if only it'd be like a, I, I, somebody told me this, and I don't know what game it was recently, but there was a, a plane flying over a stadium with a sign behind it that said, fire the coach quickly. These signs are expensive, right? And, uh, you know, if only God would fly a, a, a sign over our, our heads and, and remind us what his will is at any given time. And, you know, to that mindset today, maybe you are faced with a major decision. Maybe it is a career decision. Uh, maybe you've been given an opportunity and maybe it involves a major change or maybe you're in a situation where you're underemployed or unemployed. You're like, what is God's will in the midst of this? Where am I supposed to go with this? Uh, maybe you're faced in, in your young person and, and you're a senior, entering your senior year of high school or senior year of college. And you're like, what's next year going to bring? How do I make a decision based on that? And where is God moving in my life based on where I am right now? Where does he want me to be next year? Maybe it's like that. Or maybe you're, you're single and, and you're in the midst of 
seeking God's will in terms of who to date or who to continue dating and whether or not that's his will to keep dating someone or maybe you're in the midst of a threat or difficult time in your marriage. And maybe you're saying, man, I have every reason to walk away from this marriage. And according to what I know, that would, that would be according to God's word, that would be okay. Because of what he or she's done to me. And how do you seek God's will even in the midst of hard, maybe possibly negative decisions? Well, maybe I got your attention now. And maybe you're in the midst of one today. And if you're not, maybe the time will come very soon. Maybe it's to retire. Maybe it's to move somewhere warmer, more sunny. (laughs) How do you seek God's will in making decisions? Well, thankfully, we don't have to just look for signs out in the woods or billboards out in our backyard. God has actually given us a process for this. And it goes back to our series, In Everything Pray. And what I'm going to share with you is really God sets up for us, I believe this is very clear from his word, really kind of a three-step process to decision-making. And certainly there's more to it than that, but it comes down to basically this, pray, listen, seek. That's where we're going. If you're taking notes, pray, listen, seek. That's all you need to know, but there's more to it. Let's go into it. First of all, I want to read what we just dwelt on a little moment ago, And, and as we've been in the midst of hearing how God has inspired Paul in the midst of being in prison. Here he is in a Roman prison. He's writing and he's in chains and and yet his attitude in the midst of being in prison for the gospel, for sharing his faith in Christ and, and, uh, you know, the realities of persecution for bearing the name of Jesus. We saw that play out just this past week. And if you hadn't heard that, that shooting in Oregon, that Here you have people being gunned down if they said they were Jesus, they were shot in the head. I mean, are you kidding me? Um, And and we are in the midst of that kind of reality in that world. And here's Paul being imprisoned for his faith. And he's writing to the church and the church in Philippi to encourage them. And, And part of that encouragement, he says, you know, I thank God in my prayers for all of you because he gives thanks for the faith that God is dwelling in their hearts and building them up as believers in Christ. And that shared joy of being in Jesus, no matter what the circumstances. And in that context, he writes them and he shares these words. Let's read this. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love what it says. Let's keep this up there for a while. You know, this is my prayer. And what is this first prayer? That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And then that phrase is there. What is it? So that, right? We've been hearing that repeated again and again. And Paul is teaching us a pattern for prayer. I pray this so that this might be happening. And here's the case again. I pray that you might, that your love may abound more and more. Now, the first thing we got to ask the question on is, what kind of love? I mean, it's true in our language. We we throw out the word love all the time, don't we? Um, I love my spouse. I love my kids. I love my dog. I, I, I love the Detroit... Lions. I, I love peanut butter. 
Um, I love ice cream. And, and the question is, do I love ice cream the same way I love my spouse? Be careful there, right? How you answer that, right? Um, of course not. And, and last night somebody shouted out, yes! No, <laughs> but of course not, right? Uh, we, we love, and love can mean different things. And, and, and here's the deal. Um, this love that Paul is talking about is really important. We know what that love is. It's, it's the love of God. Agape love. And there's different words for love, as many of you know, in, in the Greek language. And, and what's important here is understanding Paul's prayer is that they would grow more and more in the realization that the love that God has for us. It's like John would define it later. He says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This love that is rooted in God's sacrifice for us, his amazing, gracious gift, unconditionally in our life, and growing in that reality that redefines who we are and how we think and what decisions we make, that's the starting point for this prayer. I pray that you would realize more and more in knowledge, in depth of insight, this incredible love that goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. Growing in that relationship with Christ. Do you see how that begins to start to shape and form our ability to make tough decisions from the get-go? It starts there. Versus, for instance, forgetting God and saying, I'm just going to go with what feels right. I'm going to just do what looks good. I had dinner with a friend of mine who lives in outside of Chicago, where we used to live. And we got together, we had, and, and he was late, about 20 minutes late. And uh, he texted me, he says, sorry, I'm running late. And, and he gets there, and we had met at a restaurant just off the commuter rail from downtown where he works. And uh, he walks in, it's so good to see him. I hadn't seen him for a long, long time. And, uh, and I could tell he was a little exhausted. And I said, what, what's going on? He says, you know, I had quite a day. And he says, the reason I'm late is I had a meeting downtown with someone who has sought me out and has offered me a job. And I said, wow, tell me about it. He says, well, here's the thing. I need discernment in this decision. And he says, right now I'm I'm a little overwhelmed by it. They, They just offered me a position that would pay double my current salary. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, he's doing pretty well. And what that significance of that kind of opportunity and that's on a whole nother level and I'm thinking whoa and 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 I'm thinking wow I'm like what do you do with that and you know what he said he says I need to pray about this he said because if you talk to people they say oh you'd be crazy not to take that opportunity but he says but here's the deal there's always a cost isn't there there's always a cost He says, yeah, I I, I have a a great job right now. You know what? My family, we have everything we need. We don't have everything we want, but we have everything we need. He says, yeah, this position comes along. It sounds really good. I'd get all this extra income, but the reality is, what's the cost of that? Will I be able to be at my kids' games? Will I be able to be there for my wife? Will I be ever home ever again if I take this position? And I realized at the table, I was in the presence of a man who gets it, a maturity in his faith and his walk with Christ. And how do we make decisions? And Paul is saying that it starts with gaining an understanding, a depth of insight in the love that Christ has for us, 
who we are, whose we are, and what really brings identity. Not success, not worldly fame, but it starts with who we are in Jesus. And Paul prays that for his people, his church, those people in Philippi that he had shared the gospel with. And he prays that I ask that God would what? More and more help you understand that insight of God's love for you. So that, and here we get into the decision making, so that you may be able to discern what is what? What is best? Discern what is best. Because when we're talking about decisions and sometimes they're major decisions, sometimes it's just how to get through the day without falling into the ruts that we often live in and finding God's insight to discern what is best on an ongoing basis, that God's will would permeate our life, that we would have insight into what His will is. It starts with the love of Christ in our life. But then from there, how do we discern what is best? What is best? Well, I mentioned to you three things. One is prayer, right? One is listening, and one is seeking. And and here's what I mean by that. Prayer. Um, Praying for what is best. As we're learning what it means to pray, do you think it's important to pray about major decisions? I would hope it would be in a unanimous yes, and I know it's 8 o'clock, but you can say this. Is it important to pray about important decisions? Thank you. Let's look at another text from God's Word. And this one from James, chapter 1, beginning with verse 5 and 6. Let's read this together. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But ask in faith without doubt. Oh, what a great verse. If you are clueless, you're saying, I don't know what to do. Well, rather than walking around and saying, well, I could do this and do this, and living in worry and fear and doubt, God says, pray. And hopefully we've been picking up on the fact that prayer is not weird. The proximity of God's presence that we dwelt on a few weeks ago. God is in the room. It's not awkward to pray. God says, talk to me about this. Get past this idea you have to process life on autopilot and try to figure everything out on your own in in thoughts that you're going to control the outcome. Seek me in this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And I love how it says, who gives generously to all without reproach. Um, That's good news. And what that tells me is, no question, no doubt, no difficult decision is too small for God to say, why are you troubling me with that? Are you kidding me? Figure it out on your own. God doesn't speak like that. Beyond reproach, God says, come to me with this. Just like a little kid comes to a parent or a dad. I, I remember this, this great, great example. One day a little boy's out in the sandbox and he's playing and he digs up a, a stone, a pretty big stone, and he's a, a four or five-year-old. He can't lift it, but he can kind of roll it and he wants to get it out of the sandbox and his dad's watching from the, the picture window in the backyard. And, and this little boy rolls this thing along and he gets it to the edge of the sandbox and his dad watches as he lifts and almost gets it up a little bit and then it falls again. He's like, oh, and he, It's like thinking, okay, and then he tries a different way, gets a little different grip, and it falls out of his grasp again. And then probably on the third or fourth time, it falls and lands on the little boy's toe. And he starts wailing, crying, and and comes into the house like, Daddy, and just inconsolable. And finally, as he starts to calm down, his his dad said, so what's the trouble? I I saw you were trying to move that rock. And he said, yeah, 
good, Daddy. I want to get it out of the sandbox. And, and his dad says, well, did you use all the strength that you had? And the little boy says, yeah, I used everything I could. I couldn't lift it up. It's too heavy. It's too big. He says, son, did you use all the strength that you had? And the little boy says, yeah, of course I did. I did. I did. And, and, and finally his dad says, but did you think to ask me? And with that, the little boy says, no, will you help me, Daddy? Sure, I'll help you. And so his dad goes out there with him. He picks up the rock, and he chucks it into the backwoods, you know, about 40 yards. And, you know, because dads are strong this way. And the little boy learned a lesson. Ask your dad. And our God says, ask me. Why do we try to make decisions? How do we, why do we try to move rocks or, or focus on the mountain rather than the mountain mover? If you're faced with a difficult decision today, it starts here. Ask in prayer. And a God who gives generously to all without reproach. Ask him in faith without doubt because God is powerful enough to bring about what we are seeking. And if that's an answer for wisdom, God loves to bring wisdom to his kids of what is right. Starts with prayer. Make sense? All right, so pray. Second thing is, is, is listen. And if we spend time in prayer, and, and by the way, this ties in with prayer is can't rush this. You can't um, go about busyness and say, okay, I'm just going to pray about it on the fly. If it's an important decision that has implications for your life, we'd be crazy not to create margin in our life to spend time in prayer and also to spend time listening. And here's what I mean by listening. Turning to God's word for answers. Opening the scriptures. Have any of you ever done this? I'm going to pull out a Bible here. You ever play Bible roulette? You know what I mean by that? It's like, Lord, I have a really important decision to make. Speak to me, Lord. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. From Isaiah 43. That's a pretty good verse, right? But what if it has nothing to do with what I'm deciding on? Um, when I was... Uh, in college, it was my last year at Concordia University, and I had visited um, both seminaries, both Concordia Seminary St. Louis and Concordia Theological Seminary, or as they told me when I was there, it's the logical seminary, theological, whatever. But, um, and, and I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? I'm thinking, this has implications for my future. Will I be a, be a pastor? Will I make it through seminary? You know, all these questions going through my mind. and. Uh, at, at Fort Wayne, they have these, in their dorms, they have these little rooms down in the, in the basement that are devotional uh, little chapels. And it's like down in a little catacomb kind of thing. It's dark and there's a little light right on a little uh, praying area. And, and so I go down there while I'm staying there and I, I said, Lord, I, I, need, I need insight here. What is your will? Where do you want me to go to seminary? And I, I open up the Bible and I'm like, tell me, Lord. And I put my finger down and, and it was something like... Um, and Solomon said, shall I take a sword and split this child in two? And I, um, that's not really helpful here, Lord, right? So I, I tried it again. I'm like, Lord, what is your will? Where do you want me to go to seminary? And I open up again and put my finger down. And it, it says, uh, um, it is better to marry than burn with passion. Like, helpful, but not helpful for the seminary. So I got married instead. No, I'm kidding. Um, but the point is, is, you know, I don't think that's when we... When we turn to God's word for, for insight here, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about Bible roulette. It's not what we're talking about at all. Um, what we are talking about is opening scripture, 
spending time reading. And, and what I found when I talk to a lot of people about this is finding time to spend time just dwelling in the Word. And often what God will do through His Word is sometimes a passage will jump out in the midst of our decision-making that becomes almost a theme verse for that time in our life. And, and we just keep praying over that. And I found, too, it can be helpful. Take that verse when it hits you, and it's, wow, that's the verse I need to dwell on. And, and, and maybe it's a prayer for patience. Maybe it's a prayer for insight and guidance. Maybe it's a prayer like this, and, and just going to James and, and reading in James. But we take that verse, maybe you put it on the, your mirror in the bathroom, and, and it just, it's there as you're shaving, or it's there as you're getting ready in the morning as a reminder for the day. Lord, use this word. May it permeate me as I listen to you and spending time listening to the Lord. Um, really important. And you know, when God, God invites us to pray for wisdom and he speaks through his word, wouldn't you think he's going to give us some clarity? Yeah, of course he does. And, and sometimes that clarity comes very clearly. Sometimes it just takes time. But that's why we need a third one. And that's the third point is, is seek. We pray, we listen, and we seek. Let me give you an example of that. This is from Proverbs 15, verse 22. With, read it with me. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Um, Proverbs is filled with wisdom, right? And as we're praying for wisdom, here's some wisdom. Seeking godly counsel in those around us. But we've got to be understanding this. Not everyone who wants to counsel us is wise or is godly. Um, my first church I served in, when I received a call to go to St. Paul Mount Prospect, I, and I first announced it in the congregation that Sunday, I had someone come through the line, in the greeting line, and they said to me, they looked me in the eye, straight face, they said, if you even consider taking that call, I've got a baseball bat and it's going to line up with your knees. And they walked out and I'm like, did I just get threatened for considering God's will? Um, I don't think that was godly counsel. Would you agree? Right? Um, now, he's a funny guy. I think he was joking, but I didn't find it very funny. Right? Um, godly counsel looks very different than that. Um, here's an example of it. Um, when we were discerning God's leading to come here to St. John um, and, and just praying, spending time in the Word, Lord, what is your will? What is your desire? What's, where, where are you guiding us in this? And I... There were a lot of things that went into that decision, but one of them I remember specifically is a meeting with our elders at, at St. Paul in Mount Prospect, where we'd been for 12 years. Loved these guys, loved me. We, were, we just had a, a bond and had seen God do great things in, in ministry and, and in friendship and brotherhood. And, and, and being around a table, uh, sharing what I was deliberating and what I was praying about, and uh, having one of the guys who was closest to me, a good friend, with tears in his eyes saying, you know what? As I'm hearing you talk and as I've been praying this through, I really get a sense the Lord is leading you to take that call. And he says, I hate saying that. I don't want to say that because I don't want you to leave. But to realize that's godly wisdom, right? Is those around us who know us, who are truly praying and doing the same thing, seeking God's will through his word, who are godly advisors in our life, that's huge in finding that. Whether that's a huge decision in your life, career change, who to marry, who to date, what university to go to, or maybe just a daily decision of how to walk according to God's plan. Finding that encouragement, not walking alone, is so critical. Maybe you're there today, and may God lead it. Let's, let's pray. Lord God, maybe we are in the midst of a decision here today, and 
certainly in a, in a room this, this big, there's, there's many who are faced with that. Maybe these are positive decisions that seem to be very clear, and yet, Lord, we pray for wisdom, and we pray for your guidance and your leadership over our lives. We pray as we spend time in your word and make time to spend time with you as you speak to us as your children uh, to transform our hearts and our minds to think clearly with wisdom that isn't wisdom of this world, but wisdom from on high. We pray for your guidance in that as treasured children of God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd seek, that as we seek counsel in others, you'd also help direct our decisions in life. And remind us that as we go about this process of prayer and listening and seeking, that we would not move too quickly, that we would be reminded that a lot can change. And if we think about it, Lord, if we think about what can change in just even three days, it's of God who conquers even death itself by going the way of the grave and then rising again with victory, that that victory is ours and it defines us once and for all. May it guide us in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.